0: Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in.
1: Well, Pastor Britt, Pastor Joby, we are back. Episode number three. I'm having a great time. I don't know about you guys. It's been great. Um, Have you guys been getting any feedback Or what you've been hearing about the series? How are you feeling about the series so far, three weeks in?
2: I've I've heard very positive feedback. I mean, you're always going to hear other things as well, but the overwhelming majority is positive feedback in regards to is putting into a biblical framework and language what so many Christians have been feeling over the last couple of years. And it's helping bring... You know how you, you feel things, and all of a sudden you'll hear somebody say them, and you're like, That's exactly right. I feel like that's a gift that God has given you through this series is, is saying, I don't feel at home mm-hmm. in this world. Mm. And I don't, something ain't, something's not right. Mm. And what's not right is that, oh, yeah, I, I'm not, this world is not my home. I am a citizen of a different kingdom. And I have different values than the things that are trying to be shoved down my throat all yeah. the time. So I've heard overwhelming positive, positive feedback in regards to like, not like attaboy, but like this is how God's using it in my life.
1: That's a song, you know, the, like a Southern gospel song. This world is not my home, just passing through. Remember that? Why don't you sing it for <laughs> us? <laughs> oh, this world is... Oh, okay, not he could. Yeah, I could.
0: I, man, I, I don't know. I'm surprised by the number of people that are tuning in and the number of people that are like, I love this deepen podcast thing you know I man right now honestly I'm just kind of on a high f- for because of our people at our church right now mm-hmm. I'm blown away coming off of last week talking about money and how our folks responded these people are crazy man mm-hmm. the amount of like the amount of love I got after just poking everybody in the eye you know mm-hmm. and then the number of the number of folks that showed up for the book launch thing Tuesday, that was a little bit overwhelming for me. Like the just the love. Like mm-hmm. I've never felt so loved by a group of people than the the people here at our church. It's crazy. And then the comments about how much a lot of people love this. And honestly, man, we do a lot of this stuff cuz we would just like to do it and hopefully it's helpful to people as opposed to like trying to market some content mm-hmm. cuz we think we don't do that for mm-hmm. sure. You know, this is, we just, I don't know, we were sitting around in a meeting and we thought, you know, these conversations that we have anyway, we Mm -hmm. should put mics in our face and just talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've said that if we're not having fun, we shouldn't do it. And, And it's been so far, even if it wasn't recorded, it would be just as fun.
0: Yeah. The other thing I find myself doing is going back to listen, to re-listen to what you brothers are saying. Because sometimes in the moment I'm trying to think about what I was saying, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then I'm like, what did Britt say? And so I go back and re-listen to it for that, which is one of the... Incredible gifts of podcasting the internet. Mm-hmm. It's not like you had one conversation with somebody, but man, you can just re-listen and re-listen to things, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah. Well, this week's about power uh, message from Matthew twenty, a mother's request for her two sons to sit at Jesus' right hand. Um, so much, so much stuff to get into. But uh, we had a very emotional video, a story of Pastor Britt's dad. And that video piece is a lot longer than that interview. I mean, I, I must have been hard for the team to cut it down. But uh, what was it like to to get into that? Like, take us a little bit behind the scenes of the conversation. And so we do else?
0: creative off sites months and months and months before a series, and try to put it all together so the muse so it all works. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I was just thinking, I mean, I know the content of the sermons, and y'all don't really know it before we go into the creative off sites. So we do a Bible study on it. And I was just thinking about Billy Britt. Honestly, we could have we could have done the same thing with Ryan Stone's dad, mm-hmm. right? So these two pastors that the majority of the people at 1122 don't know, mm-hmm. they were great men according to Jesus. And they had this huge kingdom impact. And yet, like me, I never sat in one of his Bible studies or heard his sermon. So that was kind of the genesis of it. Britt didn't really he has never been like, I got an idea. We should do a video about me. He'd Mm -hmm. be the last person to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I made him. I was like, nope, I'm going to interview you about your dad to make sure we talk about all the things. Now, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was a few weeks ago, maybe a month. I don't know when we recorded it. Gosh, I could hardly get through it. Mm -hmm. I love this dude so much, man. Mm -hmm. And I think about one of God's graces in my life and in the life of this church is that you're here. And what a lot of people don't know is is that we are blessed. The Church mm-hmm. of Eleven Twenty Two is incredibly blessed because of the ministry of Billy Britt. And ninety nine point nine percent of people here have never met him or or heard of him. Mm-hmm. And so that that was it, though. Um, but yeah, man, there were some serious tears. In fact, the, the Britt doesn't cry much, and. <clears throat> Just does more now in his old age. <laughs> yeah, I have two little <laughs> girls at home, man. They're working on me, you know? Well, I'm a softie. I always joke that I don't cry, but good gosh, when it gets to, like, Jesus stuff or families. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I do So the, we were talking about it. The, the most I've ever heard Britt cries, he called me. His dad was sick for a long time, and then he gets the call, like, you better come home. Mm-hmm. I think we were, like, in a meeting or something. I mean, you left here, yeah. and then six hours later, call me. Mm-hmm. And... Britt really only calls, especially at night and things, if, if he really needs me. Mm-hmm. So I obviously answer, and he just says, he's crying. I mean, just crying, crying, which makes me cry. And then he said, <clears throat> I'm about to walk in and see my dad for the last time. I just need my pastor to pray for me. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we're in meetings together. We don't talk about it like I'm pastoring y'all. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. And so, man, we just cried and prayed through it, bro. Yeah. And what, a, what an amazing thing that you got to do with your dad to walk in there and, I mean, I don't want to take this too far, but like escort him to heaven. You know what I mean? Like, no doubt. That's incredible. Yeah, if you heard my brother tell a story,
2: he ultimately what happened that night, I got the call, drove to Atlanta. So I had six hours of windshield time just to work, work through it. And we were <clears throat> we were coming off of beach baptism that year, and I had just baptized Anna Catherine, my oldest daughter. And we're within a, a, days of this mm-hmm. of the happening. And I had long conversations with the Lord in the windshield, you know, and I pull up at the hospital and I'm just scared, man. You know, I'm going to walk in here. I know what's going to happen. And so I call you. And very graciously pray with me and call my wife. I walk in the door and uh, he's there on the bed uh, real close. And I walk over to his bed and I put my hands on him and I say uh, I, I say that um, that I've had a long time you know, to think about, what to say to you and all i can think to say is thank you mm-hmm. i love jesus because of you and um, i just baptized my daughter and she loves jesus and that's because of you mm-hmm. and then i prayed for him and this was within minutes of me walking in the room and I pray for him, and I just pray, God, that you would help my dad walk in the power of the resurrection. And within seconds, he just, the line went flat. Wow. Hmm. And my brother would tell you that the Spirit of God kept him alive long enough for me to get there.
0: There's no doubt.
2: And, uh, and so we got to have that moment together. And it's tough for sure, man, you know, and I'm super honored to be able to share a little bit of his story with our church and thanks for asking. And, um, the thing about it is when I think back on that moment, I just hope that when it's my time that my kids are standing there and they just got to thank you in their heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not for stuff, but for the stuff like, to be able to look, at, whether it's your parent or not, just be able to look at somebody and go, "I love Jesus because of you." Right? Like, what's better than that? Mm-hmm. So, I man, I mean, anyway, I can. Mm-hmm. I'm very honored to talk about my dad. I'm happy to talk about him, and uh, I hope God blesses through his story our church this weekend. You
0: know. Well, yeah, and the reason that we show this video is not so that people will cry at the end of the sermon. It's so that I wanted people to have a picture. So I've just talked for however many minutes, fifty minutes or something, and here's a beautiful picture of what true success, what true greatness, looks like according to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the blessing and legacy that God uses through that kind of greatness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's what yeah. i used it.
1: So we talked. I mean, obviously, upside down kingdom is kind of about the inverted nature of Jesus's reality that He lays out as opposed to um, kind of what we would typically go after, right? And so you talk about your dad, you talk about, I mean, you even mentioned Pastor Brett, and I totally agree. Um, it, is a, it is a ministry of obscurity in a lot of ways, but a tremendous impact. And so um, let's talk for a minute about like the desire in somebody's heart, and you kind of you got this a little bit in the sermon, and the desire in somebody's heart to want to be great you know, is that a good desire? And how how can somebody? I mean, I think especially of people in their twenties. You know, just like they want to be great, they want to change the world. And how how can they think rightly? How can we think rightly about this if we feel that desire?
0: Yeah, it's why I started in verse seventeen with the gospel. Right. You know, uh, because you know, with gospel lenses on, with the gospel in your heart, and you advancing the kingdom of God, for sure. We want to be great the way Jesus defined it. I think, like a lot of things, a lot of that comes from because we're image bearers of God. I mean, he's creator, he's warrior. The Bible says the Lord is the warrior, the Lord is his name, and we've been created in that image to be great, to push back darkness, to do great things, not for our namesake, but for his namesake. And then the enemy comes along like he's done in all the things we have talked about and will talk about. And he takes a good thing and he tries to make it a God thing in your life, and that's a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the twist. That's the deception. Mm -hmm. And so the world's way of greatness and and God's way of greatness is very, very different. In the world's way, it's all about me. And it's use whoever I have to for me to climb the ladder. It's avoid all the suffering I can to exalt me. Mm -hmm. And then in the kingdom, it's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. It's not about me, and I'm not supposed to use people. I'm supposed to love them. I'm supposed to... uh, Endure suffering patiently and faithfully, and then just trust any exaltation up to him. It may never happen here on earth, and if not, no problem, because I know I'll be exalted there with him. Mm-hmm. It's upside down. For sure. I
2: mean, I think that's it's all about the definition of terms. Right. So if you say, I want to be great, what do you mean by great? Right. So there's a way the world defines great, which is seen, noticed, valued, appreciated, mm. rewarded. Yeah. And then there's a way that Jesus defines great, which is last, servant, servant, Mm -hmm. the ministry of obscurity you were talking about. It is is a call to be hidden in someone else. That's what it means to be a Christ follower, is to be hidden in Christ. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: The the key word there, the key person is Christ, Mm -hmm. and the key word is hidden, that we're supposed to be hidden behind him, mm-hmm. meaning he is to be exalted. and in, the, in regards to power and defining power, the power, I was thinking about this tonight, a way I would define power is the ability to exalt Christ by treating others mm-hmm. more important than yourself. Mm-hmm. Power is not about control. It's not about th- – that. that's not how – the biblical definition of power, the biblical definition of power is the ability, the Holy Spirit gives you the ability – which is the Holy Spirit is where the power comes from for the Christian. Right. It's not where it comes from. He is the power. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So he's not just like coming over to drop power off.
1: What would he give you? What would the power be that he gives you if it's not himself? He is the power. <laughs> yeah.
2: And the power he gives you is the, the ability that you don't have the capacity for in and of yourself, which is to exalt Christ, both in intention and in action.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. And also, the way that that power is exercised in action is treating others as more important than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's all
0: about the definition of terms. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things I mentioned, <clears throat> but you know I can only cover so much. This doesn't mean that like you're not necessarily loud or a driver or you know have you have this personality type. I'm an eight on the enneagram, so I'm you know me, man. I'm like let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, It it doesn't mean that you're quiet and soft and those kind of things. That humility is not a personality type. It is Mm. a posture. Right. These are two different things. There are a lot of people that seem humble because they're quiet, but they're egomaniacs, right? right? Or they seem like great servants, but really what they're trying to do is just be seen serving so that people will think more of them. This is not what we're talking about. Mm. We are talking about lowering yourself – so that Christ is lifted up. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean that you don't play your role in like whatever organization you're in. If you're mm-hmm. the boss, be the boss, but be the kind of boss Jesus would have you be. This doesn't mean that you're not successful. I mentioned Tom Brady. He is the goat. And what's interesting, not a believer, chasing all the wrong things, and yet has a in the locker room is crazy because I've got, you know, there's a member here that's in the locker room there. And Josh tells me the humility that he walks in there is crazy, mm-hmm. and a part of the reason I think he can do it is because everybody knows he's the goat. Like he mm-hmm. does not, he doesn't have to flex to be like, you know who you're talking to. Who doesn't know who they're talking to? Mm-hmm. And and so that's how he leads. Mm-hmm. There's something to that. I, I think oftentimes the flex just comes. It just comes in insecurity, mm-hmm. and insecurity is antithetical to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like how can you simultaneously? know that the king stepped off his throne, gave his life. You're not your own. You're bought at a price. And then also be insecure and feel like I have to show you who's the boss. Right. You are are walking in I when I do that. I am walking in the kingdom of darkness when I do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trusting that he's my king and I'm a co-heir with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's
2: all the things that are unique about you. In in regards to how God created you, like personality type and mm-hmm. the way your brain works, and you know whether you're what all these unique things that make you you that God gave you, in order to use those things, and the world would call that these things strengths and weaknesses, right? Yeah. And so you've got strengths, you've got talents, you've got all, all all these things that are good things that are gifts from God. When the, the the really, the question is when you use those things or when you lean into those things, and even as those things mature, you become aware of them. You become aware of what they can do, how they can be used uh, in regards to influencing others. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you do that, use your strengths for your gain, mm-hmm. right. or do you leverage those things the unique way that God has made you for the good of others? Specifically, the gospel good of others. Correct. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to like, yes, you should be a good neighbor, and yes, you should just be like good to people, but goodness ter- that terminates on itself as goodness. Right. But with the intention I'm going to leverage all that God has made me and all that God has given me for the sake of the gospel's work
0: in your life, that to me is like, now we're really getting into it. Yeah, did you see the gospel sandwich in the text we looked at? He starts with the just... I'm going to be crucified, dead, buried on the third day, resurrected. Mm -hmm. Goes through all the how to be great, and then close with, because I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So it's gospel. Mm -hmm. Here's some things you need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Gospel. Yeah. I think, I think implicit in it is don't take your eyes off the gospel. Yeah. Because what happens, man, in our world, I don't know. We have this image of what humility is. I'll give you this as an example. People one of the questions I get a ton, especially at like church planning conferences and stuff that I speak at um and around town people will say how do you keep your ego in check with all the success that you've experienced? And I think the crazy thing is getting to be the pastor of this church, you know? It's the it's one of the most humbling things I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Hmm. There has never been one time I step up on stage and be like, y'all, boy, do I have something to tell you. It's always like, I cannot believe, like, if you knew me, if you knew my life, if you knew mm-hmm. where I came from, all of that. And, you know, we did that book launch party thing. Mm-hmm. And people, it's a weird thing for somebody to say, we sign my book, so I get it, I'll do it. It it, it was not a thing that made me feel bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. I thought Who in the world am I that Mm -hmm. some person would even read some thoughts that God has given me that we put down on paper? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes, I I think when we've got our gospel lenses on, even when God gives you more responsibility or platforms you or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. man, when you really know the depths of your own depravity and the magnificence of the Lord, you do not feel better or more deserving you feel like, woe is me. I am an, I, I am a man with unclean lips among unclean people, you know? Yeah. But here I am, send me, and then to God be the glory. If he lets you even live another day, much less get to work in his kingdom. And mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: As I was thinking about this conversation, I, I was thinking about a couple of things Paul, the Apostle Paul said, in that he... He leveraged, but his – I mean, this guy was obviously uniquely gifted. Right. And he was different than the the original fisherman. He was not a fisherman. Correct. And he was very – he came from a seemingly a very elite class, and he was very intelligent, mm-hmm. very, very trained, very. and could – and when, if you just read Romans – you're like the last thing you want to do is get into a legal debate with this guy. He's gonna right. wear you out, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which you should read Romans as much as you possibly can. But I was when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about in First Corinthians 2, Paul's talking to the church, and he and he says, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. Well. Wow. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Mm-hmm. I could have wooed you with how smart I am. Mm-hmm. I could have convinced you with intellectual debate, but I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do, because that's not what the power is. Mm-hmm. The power is not in how smart I am. Mm-hmm. The power is not in how many books or degrees or accomplishments I have. The power is in the Holy Spirit and i want to be faithful to the gospel and you, you know what i mean and then you just skip down to chapter 10 uh paul paul says um that there was this he was quite he's talking about the people's opinion of some of his talks and he's like more or less he says people people would say paul's letters are demanding and forceful but in person he is weak and his speeches are worthless hmm. And he had this real dichotomy going on with Paul, who is an incredible thinker, leader. But he's he's also not trying to like get you to like Paul more. You see what I'm saying? He's saying that's not the power's not in what you think about me or don't think about me. He's also
0: saying, if I can talk you into it, then in two weeks somebody else can talk you out of it. For sure. Mm-hmm. But if you taste and see that the Lord is good, yeah. you can't experience him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's different. You mentioned uh, a minute ago
1: the some of the confusion somebody might have. Like, it doesn't mean don't lead stuff or deny who deny your personality. Um, would would you say how would you how would you talk to somebody or uh, help someone who wants to overreact in this? Because there are certainly yeah. times in Christian history, or even maybe pockets of the church, that would that would go way far in the other direction to the point of an extreme reaction against. Do you know what I mean? How, how do you guard against that side of it? Because it's probably, we're, we might not be in much danger there. You know, maybe we're on the other side of just kind of wanting the power for ourselves, but um, how do you help somebody from going too far the other way?
0: Well, this is why it's important to like read big old chunks of the Bible. Jesus right. also says, from the days of John the Baptist until today, the kingdom of heaven has been... Forcefully, forcefully advancing, the SV says, and violent men take hold of it. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't mean that we all just like talking soft tones and mm-hmm. you know write each other Valentine's cards, right? Mm-hmm. That you play the role that God has given you. It's just, it's just how you leverage that role. Like if you're a football coach, man, mm-hmm. you should win. You should try to be a state champion every year. Mm-hmm. And the difference is like, how am I? Do I think these? Let's say you're a high school football coach. Do I think the reason that I'm doing this is because these kids exist so that I can be the greatest coach in Florida? Or do I think I exist and God has put me here to serve these boys, help them become young men, and declare and demonstrate the gospel to them while we are the best football team we can be? Mm -hmm. That's the upside-down kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's true for CFO, CEO. Whatever, if you lead two people, if you lead your family, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, man, Mm -hmm. it's that perspective.
1: Yeah, Jesus is always bringing it back to the heart, and that's why it's always tricky. The externals are tricky because somebody could do the exact same thing with two different heart motivations, and it could be right or wrong.
2: I was was reading it tonight as you were talking through it, and I never thought about this before, when the mother— approaches Jesus. And she says, uh, verse 20, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her son. So the sons are standing
1: there. Right. Mm-hmm. So they knew it was going on. I was not like she... Yeah, I know. mean,
2: I don't know if they had like a pre-huddle, you know, and or if she was like, you know, like you do with your kids, like, come on, kids. <laughs> right. And she's like just pulling them up there and they're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to dishonor mom, you know, let's go with her. What are they feeling in that moment? Because you know, there's a part of them that's like, oh, mom, and there's a part of them like, Huh? Now, you know? get it. Can I get a seat? You know? But then Jesus looks at her. He uh, she says, uh, and kneeling before him. So she makes a bit of a scene, right? And, and I'm going to go the benefit of the doubt and just say that was kind of what you talked about tonight, which was she's at least in the right posture. Yeah, respectful. Right. And she's honoring Jesus. And then Jesus says to her, he asks a question, which I think gets right at the heart of it. He doesn't say, How can I help? He doesn't say whatever you want. He just looks. At, he just looks at her and goes, "What do you want?" Yeah, that's a good question.
0: That's a real good question. Mm. What do you want? Mm-hmm. So if you want to be the boss, what do you want? What do you want? And if you say, "I want to be the boss," no, 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 but what do you want? Yeah, people to do what you say, or to leverage your authority to help whatever organization you're with. Those are fundamentally different. Yeah. David in Psalm 51
1: says, "You desire truth in the inward being," and that is such a profound verse. It hits exactly on what you're talking about, because oftentimes we lack the self-honesty to know really what's going on, like to know because our hearts are deceitful, right? And we say, "Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna, I want this greatness because I'm going I really am gonna glorify God," but He sees it, He knows it. Like you know, if we want to exalt ourselves. You can see it.
2: You just think about that in terms of like all different parts of your life, you know, like as a parent. It's like you're frustrated with your kids or your kids aren't doing right or you're at least in your own mind. And you, sometimes you have to just stop and ask that question like, what do you want? want? To yourself. Ask yourself. That's what I'm saying. To yourself. Like, like what do I want? Mm -hmm. And if I can get down to the core of what I want, that actually will reveal – the thing that's frustrating. Does that make sense? So a lot, Because a lot of times when I'm frustrated with my kids, for example, or coworkers or whatever, you know, myself, what I want is for things to be easy and for everybody to act the way that I want them to act and to
0: do what I want them to do the way that I want them to do it. What I want is the path of least resistance. So let's allow the Bible to... Interpret itself, and James will say, what causes fights and quarrels among you? You didn't get what you want. You didn't get what you want. So when you're losing it on your kids, it's because you wanted peace and quiet. Whatever the thing is, man, you know. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you all this. So where do you struggle with this the most? Where do you struggle with power the most?
2: (sighs) Brett? Yeah, I'm a mess, man. You know, I'm sitting there listening tonight, and I'm trying to think through all my interactions with the folks that I serve alongside and work with and my family and ask me again in three days when I've had more time to, like, process it, and I might have a better answer. But where do I struggle with this most? I certainly struggle with this. There's a there's a reality. Sometimes you I do things that look like I'm serving, but the motivation is that I would be seen as serving,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not that I would be able to bless someone else. But it's that I would be appreciated for having done the thing. Mm-hmm. Specifically, in my marriage. Mm-hmm that now i think it's better to do the thing and keep your mouth shut yeah. than yeah, maybe to be like i'm not really going to do it for the best of motivations I need to be authentic so just <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like i'm, I'm yeah. yeah i was going to vacuum the house or i was going to do all the dishes but you know i just don't really like it would be inauthentic of me to do that okay i should do the dishes but i so it's better for me to do it than not do it right at least in my opinion But that said, like, there are times where it's like, I genuinely, because of the Spirit of God, do things because I don't want my wife to have to feel the weight of whatever the thing is. And I want to serve her and I want to give her some freedom and I want to, like, uh, model or, like, be a part of my my home flourishing for the mm-hmm. sake of flourishing, not for what I get out of it or what I'm seen as. There are times where the motivations are good and right and aligned. So I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like miss your question, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that the, where I miss it most often is on the motivational level. And, and mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, hmm. I'm not trying to strong arm people. Too much, at least that I know I may have a blind spot and totally could be doing that. You could, you work, we work very closely together, so you could let me know in a minute. But it's a motivational thing, you know? It's like, anyway, that's where I feel like I, I was just sitting there listening tonight and I'm like, I'm so inherently jacked and self absorbed that I, I can't even serve without being selfish.
0: I, you know, it's interesting when you talk about motivations. Think about the verse that says, "Even your righteous deeds are like filthy rags." Mm-hmm. So that's only true sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your righteous deeds are worship to God because we're mm-hmm. sitting on a hill. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, all the yeah. things, right? You're light in the world. You're salt. You're mm-hmm. letting them see your good works and glorify God. Mm-hmm. Those are rightly motive. So the same deeds mm-hmm. can either honor or dishonor God. The difference mm-hmm. is the why behind it. That's right. Is it a response to the gospel, or are you trying to earn? Some yeah. kind of favor with God through workspace righteousness. Sure,
1: I think my answer to the power thing is more about the belief side of it. You know, it's like, I think I consistently struggle with believing that there's other vehicles of power that would help me that are kind of outside of the God way of power, right? Mm-hmm. Is the belief that, man, if I could just, if I just had the money to throw around, I could just, I'd have so much power. You know, to just whatever I thought was a good thing, I would do it. Or if I had some kind of thing that people would listen to, then it would. And, and and I'm so glad you brought up Joseph because that is the that is the the biblical account that I point people to the most who ask me the question like, well, I, I want to be elevated or I want to be a leader and I feel like nobody's noticing me. You know, if it's a younger person or or, or somebody new to staff or whatever, mm-hmm. um, new to ministry, I say, read the story of Joseph and look at how many times he had this opposition against him and how many times he was faithful with what that's God right. gave him, you know?
0: As well. I think that's what it was. For yeah, me. the refrain in Joseph's event is, and the Lord was with Joseph. That's right. That's the refrain over and over and mm-hmm. over. Because if I'm Joseph, I'm like, can you go be with somebody else, man? Because every time you're with right. me, I'm in jail. I'm getting right. accused of stuff. I'm Rough. a slave. I'm. You know,
1: Think about the perspective. You're in jail, and the Lord is with you to make you the most successful prisoner. Yeah. yeah if you your perspective favor is with the
0: jailer, <laughs>
1: if your perspective is, but God, I'm in jail.
0: Right. How about favor with the about, judge? About, and get me out of here?
1: <laughs> how about favor to not include jail? Right. <laughs> right. But the favor of God inside inside what's powerful inside where you are, you know, do the best you can with where you are, and He will take care of the rest. I was thinking as you were talking about suffering well.
2: Suffering faithfully. And well, before I get that, you
0: answer the question where do you struggle with it? At home. Um, I think I have a very unique position. You know, this place, you treat me with such honor and respect. I mean, think about every room I walk in around here. So, 50 hours a week, it's Pastor Joby and people get me stuff and all the things. Mm -hmm. And It's probably a it's a dangerous thing, to be served on such a consistent basis, because you get used to it. And the moment I'm more sensitive to it this week because of what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so the team that I work most closely with, um, I can you like lunch doesn't show up when it's supposed to, and I can get this thing in Mm -hmm. me that's like, what's wrong with these people? I it, and bro, I mean, you want to talk about going to the dark side of one second? Now, I don't. I try. I'm, I try to be very careful because you know, like my face and my voice and <laughs> like it, to not do this thing. But man, it can get in there real quick, and so I gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I go home. Ain't nobody calling me Pastor Joby at home. Yeah, they're less than impressed. They are, you know and and I, nobody like even dad your flies down glances in my direction when I walk through the door and, yeah. except the puppies the dogs come running yeah. and I'm like somebody appreciates me and so <laughs> man i it really hit me a few years ago I was talking about like at work my love language is gratitude if somebody's grateful for what god's doing and we get to be a part of this they're my favorite person to work with okay mm-hmm. entitlement you're dead to me that's mm-hmm. how it works in my mind and then one day I walked into my house and I realized, uh-oh, I feel entitled to my family's gratitude. Mm. Oh, that's not good. That yeah. is not good. So I, I really have to watch it um, at home. Mm. Like, I don't always have to be right. doesn't have to be my way. Those guys, mm-hmm. like... All of you get to live indoors and eat hot food because of me. You know, I mean, my mind can go there so fast. Mm. And, man, you start going down this power trip road that is the opposite of what a husband and dad is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be, you're supposed to take, like, the org chart of your home and flip it upside down. If you're the dad, you're on the bottom holding up all the weight. Mm-hmm. How can I serve you all? What can I do? Mm-hmm. So that that's me.
2: Yeah, I think there's there's some things connected there that are worth digging into. Which is like, how do you know? Like, how would you self diagnose if you were if you if you were wrapped around the axle of your power, you know? And you may use the word control, you may use the word, but how would you know? And so, for example, um, some things that will be present in your life where if you're Thinking about power wrongly, if you have built a value system around it based on the world, some things specific in the context of marriage and family, like really personal. Yep. One, you will be very quick
0: to defend yourself. You will always be on the defensive. Particularly about like your schedule, your value, what you provide.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everything will come through a filter of you were trying to take something from me or you were trying to hurt me, questions or whatever, and so you're just constantly on the like. And some of that very well may be rooted in some things you need to really dig around in. It is certainly rooted in some things you need to dig around in, figure out what they are, give them a name, surrender them to the Lord. It could require counseling for sure, but if your defenses are just on 10 all the time, you got to check that, man. There's Mm -hmm. some kind of like. Thing going on, you know. Um, two is you're very slow to say I'm sorry, mm-hmm. or you're very slow to it to say I was wrong, mm-hmm. and that's some of that. I, I don't want to overstate it because some people are. Just, every time you're like, "Hey, did you get your socks?" I'm sorry. You know, because they forgot their socks. I was like, "That's not what I'm talking about." Like, some people can over apologize, and sure. it's a martyr thing. Sure. But if you're if you're always on the defense, if saying "I'm sorry" is a real hard thing for you, or um, admitting, you know, hey, well, I was wrong, then there's something going on in there in regards to
0: there's there's some kind of power play that's trying to protect something. Mm-hmm. You, tr- you tracking with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say too. Pay attention to the imaginary conversations that you have in your head. Ooh, that's a good one. That'll reveal some stuff. Right. And if you are in, like, you know, if you have these imaginary conversations when you're driving home about how everybody should appreciate you or everybody should, mm-hmm. though, that's a that's like a power trip in mm-hmm. your own brain. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in that conversation at work or
2: or wherever in life, and and somebody's like really mad at you. And they've had a conversation many times in their mind with you. And then you're like, I'm not sure what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I've done that enough times now and been on, been on the receiving side of it for whatever reason over the last 20 years that now when I start doing that, I'm just like, bro, I promise they're not even thinking about you. Right. Like you're not even on their radar right now. Mm -hmm. So, as as much power as you're giving this negative complaining yeah. disgruntledness in your life right now
1: no doubt that the only person this is hurting is you yeah that's why there is such power you talked about how doing things god's way is a blessing there's such power in in getting it into the light you know cuz gross things grow in the dark and it seems like you give that conversation so much more power by keeping it hidden and just like it just festers inside of you instead of just going that person, which is what we're told to do, is just say, let's can we just talk
0: about this? And you know, one of the things we talked about was submission to authority, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the like Jesus jukes to to the more people feel honored, loved, and respected, the easier it is to submit and serve and mm-hmm. be for you. Mm-hmm. So that's why around here, like we are our staff, it is so easy for me to what do you need? How can I help? It's mm-hmm. not that's not like a management technique. Mm-hmm. It is, I am convinced that you think I have what it takes to do the job that I put me in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm convinced that you guys are, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. So it is so easy to then respond with, how can I help? What mm-hmm. can I do? Right. Okay. Yeah. So take that home and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And st- here's what I have to, I, I have to immediately get home and say, so my job. Is to make sure Gretchen knows that I believe she has what it takes Mm -hmm. to be the wife, to be the mom, you know. And I'm for her; I'm on her team. And if if there's some, like if I'm sensing some negativity, it's probably because I've undercut her in those two areas. You know, Mm -hmm. I haven't appreciated her, haven't honored her, haven't appreciated the day that she has all of those kinds of things. And then the reciprocal is true too. Mm -hmm. You know, when when she is, I. You're the greatest. I'm like, oh, what can I do for you? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I had a weird thing happen. I think it connects. If
2: not, then sure. My apologies. But so today I was in a conversation where a friend of mine that I feel like I've championed many times and I really like value this person and I think they're great. And I can't. I couldn't even make up a bad thing. I don't. Th- I don't think we don't like hang out every week, but I'm for them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no. Yeah, you know, I'm for them, and I was in a conversation today where it came up that this person has shared some opinions about me specifically that. It kind of sick stung. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like oh. And I was kind of bummed about it. And I don't even know. I've got to go talk to the person because I don't even know what's true. But that's irrelevant. The feeling in the moment was really? Yeah. Like that hurt a little bit. You know what I mean? And and then I'm I'm walking away from that and I'm like, you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. You just need to get tougher skin. You just need tougher skin. This is the name of the game. And, and did that thought popped in my mind. You need tougher skin, and immediately, I felt the Holy Spirit say, "No, you don't. Mm. That's right. Mm. No, you don't. You don't need tougher skin. Mm. You need to welcome the wounds." Mm. And, and I was like, "What?" Huh? Mm. So as I was processing this like conversation I'm having with the Lord, it was very much a like, like, say what you want, and I don't even know what was said, but I feel like the it's like. You can say say whatever you want or feel however you want. I have resolved how I'm going to feel about you, mm-hmm. and I've resolved how I'm going to treat you. and it's not when we're, when we're crossing lines into abuse and don't hear what I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. just talking about mm-hmm. generally. My feelings got hurt a little bit. Right. That's not going to change how I treat you. That's not going to change me being for you. That's not going to. Hopefully, I would love to live from that place all the mm-hmm. time. But I thought that like, because my tendency is you just need to get tougher. You need to get tougher skin. And the Holy Spirit was very much like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You want to be soft-hearted, mm-hmm. not weak. But you want to be soft-hearted. You want to be meek. You want mm-hmm. when that stuff stops hurting. That's kind of at the point where you're like, you just don't care about the people anymore. Yeah, then you begin that
0: to use sense? people as pawns in your own game. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The choice there is:
1: do I do I trust God, or will I make my own way? It's it's a little bit like the: do you trust God to defend you or avenge you, like Paul says? You know. And, man, what a subtle choice we make sometimes of so just, like, God can't be trusted, therefore, I got to be tough, right? Because love and vulnerability are so closely connected. Yeah,
0: that's a version of the three most dangerous words, I got this. Right, totally. Yeah, you got this. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Pastor Joby, you shared something uh, some in the past week. I don't even remember when it was talking about the difference between leadership and discipleship, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really good. And you addressed kind of, you know, talking about you want to be great, and kind of in the context of the sermon, it was kind of about leadership. So give us a little summary of the difference between those two things, because I think that's a really insightful thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't have this fully fleshed out in my mind, and I don't know if I'll articulate it completely the right way, but, man, I got this little angst that, our, the church in general, and especially a big, fast-growing one like ours, has adopted too much of the culture, the corporate culture of management and leadership and development and promotion and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, you know, we, we were in this leadership team meeting kind of thing. And, I, and I'm pro-discipleship and developing all the things, but, man, just real quick, we can just read a bunch of leadership books and forget the whole New Testament in regards to, like, who's in charge of what. And, mm-hmm. and, and our HR department looks exactly like the world's, and our evaluation process looks exactly like the world's, and it's just got me all angsty. And so I just stood up in our meeting and said, being the boss is not the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not. Being the boss is not the goal. Making disciples is the goal. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. There's a biblical difference between leadership and discipleship. Mm-hmm. And you got to have both at church. Mm-hmm. Some churches just decide all we're doing is making disciples, and leadership is like the lattice on which the vine grows. So if you don't have right organizational structures and stuff, great. You got 12 disciples, and that's it. And mm-hmm. they don't know how to disciple anybody else, and all of that, okay? And then some churches go all leadership, and honestly, man, it's no different than Mm Chick-fil-A. I mean, everybody's sweet, and they might love God, and all that kind of thing, but it's just like, here's our values, here's our vision, here's what we do. And I'm contending that you got to do both, and those are two different things. Mm -hmm. And the fundamental question of leadership is, what is my next step of sacrifice? Because mm-hmm. if you're going to be a leader, it's going to cost you something. It may cost you time. It may cost you energy. You're definitely more likely to get your feelings hurt because there's people, everybody's got an opinion about mm-hmm. you, those kind of things. What is my step, next step of sacrifice? And discipleship answers the question, what's my next step of obedience? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make sure we keep our eye on those things and don't read too many leadership books and all we ever do is we're just a baptized version of GE. That's not what we're called to be, man. hmm we're a family, we're an army, we're a body. These are three of the illustrations that are used in the, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's it.
1: Yeah, Patrick Lencioni has a book called The Motive, yeah. and, and what I loved is that he talks about that. It's like if you're, if you're trying to lead people because of the benefits that you get, don't even do it because right. the, best, the best kind of leadership is
0: sacrifice. I think what what's I happening out. in the world right now. Usually, corporate is twenty years ahead of church in regards to what's happening in leadership right now. Corporate world is catching up with the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, great leaders, Rick Warren, Andy Stanley, those kind of great church leaders. You know, that grew really big churches and all that. The thing, some of the servant leadership stuff that they've been they've been talking about, we've been hearing these guys talking about it for fifteen years, are just making its way into like corporate leadership. Mm-hmm. And I love it when I love it when science and and corporate world catch up with like the truth of the scripture no no well yeah jesus's yeah. way is actually better than the way we've been doing it yeah
2: there, there i think a lot about this and there's a lot of it's probably because my because of my dad see previous conversation but he never wrote a book he never he doesn't have a sermon on youtube that's got whatever thousands of views or he just served faithfully and God did a great work through mm-hmm. him and his friends. I mean, they they reached a lot of people for Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm standing at his funeral at the at the receive the when we're receiving people the night before his funeral, hundreds and hundreds of people are coming through these lines that have been impacted through my dad's life and ministry, and countless number. I mean, not like infinity, but dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people are shaking my hand, saying, "Hey." Can I just quickly tell you about the time that your dad led me to the Lord? I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about many. Mm, You know, and he was—he wasn't the guy that preached every week. Right. Uh, Once he in the in the crux of his ministry, he was a lead pastor for a a bit, but then he wasn't. He was—he had a job more like the job that I have. Yep. Um, and I think a lot about like the 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 kingdom t- dichotomy of and I may not use all the right words, but the people who have names and have written books that I think the spirit of writing those books and God giving them a platform w- w- is that they're just stepping into something God's put in front of them that he's going to use for his own glory's sake and to mm-hmm. reach more people and the great commission to the ends of the earth right. you know like because of technology and TV and radio and in the internet, Lord yeah. knows, the Great Commission is getting fulfilled. Right. Yeah, don't be critical of the five-talent guy, right? Now. Totally. Right, yeah. That said, there, those are not the norm. Five. That's not the normative across church history. For sure. There are countless thousands of pastors who served their churches faithfully until the very end and loved Jesus' wife with their whole heart mm-hmm. and their whole life. And we have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. And there's way more of them, praise God, yeah. for them. There's way more of them than the five-talent folks that we would know by name because of the world we live in, or the ones that have fallen. Mm. There's way more people who finish faithful than people who have fallen that we would know. Mm-hmm. That's right? Mm-hmm. And that the narrative in ministry, especially right now, is watch out, you know, the the devil's going to get you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not...
0: Or be suspicious of anything God's blessing.
2: I would... would, You would be hard-pressed to find a human on on the planet other than like a pastoral counselor who only does this for a living that knows more people who have taken themselves out of ministry than I do. That's Mm -hmm. true. So I'm very, very aware. However, I know way more men and women who finished faithful than the ones who have fallen. Mm. And so it is possible to finish faithful. It is possible to be faithful to the gospel. It is possible to, you know what I mean? Like it has been proven over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And I wish that somehow we could go back in history, just the last 20 years, and just tell the stories of the faithful Yeah. versus focusing on all the like... Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm way more encouraged by the story of someone who finished faithful um, than I am, like, inspired not to sin because somebody fell. Yeah. You tracking mm-hmm. with me? Like, I'm not trying. Well, there I, was just I don't want to fall, and there I don't was want a, anybody else to. There was a but.
0: kingdom scorecard there, and the scorecard wasn't like success and fame. The scorecard was, was steadfast and faithful. Those are two very different things. Mm. I mean, I can tell you God's faithfulness in my life. I probably had more of my ego wrapped around what I did in ministry when I was a youth pastor than now. But I will tell you, I never ever considered any role I had at a church a stepping stone to anything else. Mm-hmm. I really didn't, man. When I took my first job at a church, Mount Olivet Baptist Church in Beaver Dam, Virginia, right? You've heard of it, really influential. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man, I had Well, we started out with three kids. That thing grew to 12, and I was like, booyah, man, this is it. I'll spend the rest of my life discipling these 12 kids. I really did. I Uh did not think, if it never went past that, praise God, no problem. Mm. Today, six of those kids are in full-time ministry. Mm. Think about that. It's crazy. And then, you know, I think I was faithful with what God gave me. So he gave me more, gave me more. Never in my mind did I think, here's the plan. One day, Mm. I will do what I did tonight. One day I'll write a book. Never, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. All I try to do is just be faithful with what he put right in front of me. I just made a decision a long time ago. I'm I'm not going to self-promote. I'm not going to be like, I got an idea. Just do more of me. No, man. Just be faithful. And then when you really leave the, the results up to the Lord, like Joseph does with Pharaoh, mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, Lord, if you bring it, praise God. If you let me keep doing what I'm doing right now, praise God. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's, a, it's the most freeing thing in the world. Yeah.
2: And for you, it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for the men who have written books and who preach yeah. great sermons and have led mm-hmm. great churches. And Lord knows our churches benefit greatly from leaders who have led yeah. large churches and, and poured it. So it's, it's not an either or thing. It's, a, it's just so I, my, I guess the spirit of it is step into faithfulness and let faithfulness be the goal. And let God sort out the details to what you're
0: saying. Maybe the real hero of the parable of the talents is the two-talent guy. He gets the exact same reward, well done, good and faithful servant, and he spends zero time comparing himself to either the one or the five-talent guy. Mm-hmm. Both of them will kill you. Mm-hmm. If you look down, he would be like, one talent. What's mm-hmm. that guy doing digging mm-hmm. a hole? Or if you look up at 5 it he'd be like, how come I can't be like him? Mm-hmm. Kill you. Mm-hmm. And, bro, it don't matter if you're the like manager at Home Depot or if you're the pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. You begin to start playing that comparison game because it's rooted in power. It's mm-hmm. root, Can I tell you the, my least favorite commercial on television right now that I cringe every time I see it? It's uh, AT&T, and the family walks in, and they're like, do we get the same deal as everybody else? And she's like, imagine I give you a sucker, and then I give you the best sucker. And immediately that little girl goes, that's not fair. And so she gives him a good one. I just want to be like, that's what's wrong <laughs> with everything on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. Is that right there? That is so opposite of I trust my father in heaven to give me whatever he knows is that's best right. for me. Yeah, right. No, it's that's not fair. Yeah. And you know what the you brought this up earlier. And the root of that's not fair is what do you want? Mm. She was fine with the sucker. Mm. She was like a grace gift until mm-hmm. she looked at her brothers and hers was bigger, and mm-hmm. now she's disappointed with a free gift that she did not deserve or earn, and that she loved one second earlier. Mm-hmm. That's a power. Tr- See, because the whole thing about power is it's a tr- it's a trap, it's a trick, it's a lure, it's a you think you got it and it's got you. Mm-hmm.
1: And cell phone commercials. There's another one out there that's a, that's like. Better shouldn't have to cost more. And I was like, <laughs> "How is that even possible?" Like, of course, better costs more. That's why it's better, <laughs> for sure. Uh, connect, connect this thought. If if maybe I'm off base, but when you were talking about a step of sacrifice as a leader and then a step of obedience as a disciple, I thought of worship, and we're in the year of worship. I love talking about worship, but to me, worship involves both of those things. And so maybe it is a fracturing of worship by, by churches to choose one or the other because worship says, my, my step of obedience is a sacrifice to God. What Do you, th- do you think that's,
0: am, am I on something there? Yeah, I think so. But, but when, when we're talking about um, a person we're working with or a person that is in our disciple group or whatever, These things are different things. A step of obedience is just what is God's next step for you, Mm -hmm. right? So see our discipleship journey. That whole thing is built around not necessarily what are you going to lead or what it's going to cost you. It's just what is God calling you to do. By definition, that is what a disciple is. Mm -hmm. Worship would be one component of many in what steps of obedience disciples need to take. Mm -hmm. Leadership is... Are you going to be like a shepherd that's willing to lay down his life? Are you going to, my definition of love is my joy in the Lord towards you, a great sacrifice to myself or a great cost to myself. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to step into leadership, that is a different thing. I'm going to take on responsibility at my expense on your behalf. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what leadership is. Mm-hmm. Now that's different than I'm the smartest and I have the best idea, so everybody should do what I say. Mm-hmm. That'd be the world's way. Mm-hmm. But I think biblical leadership is, I'll go first. I'll pay the greatest price. I am willing to lay more down for your sake, mm-hmm. ultimate leader being Jesus. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, speaking of sacrifice, so Pastor Britt, you, you know, shared some of your story in the, uh, in the sermon. and So talk about what it means to... So you've experienced a lot of suffering. Your mom passed away when you were young. Your dad passed away. Do do you experience this? Maybe this is a weird question, but do you experience a power on the other side of having suffered? And what, if so, what's that like?
2: I thought we
0: had moved on. (laughs) Um, That's the rest of that that Tozer quote that I gave. Mm -hmm. It was about that long, so I'd shorten it, but. God can't use the man greatly, truthfully hurts him deeply. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, there's a a test you have to pass in order to get to graduate level discipleship. And you can't get to that level until you pass the test. And the test is pain and suffering of things he wants to take out of you. Mm.
2: The answer to your question is yes. There is a... Fruit that suffering produces in our lives—that's real hard to see when you're walking through it. But when you're given time to look back over God's faithfulness and the fruit that grew in your life, for sure, man, that—that that is powerful in regards to being able to look back and see. You know, I mean, I, um lost both my parents to terminal illness and they both got very sick (laughs) you know it wasn't quick and it was a lot of we watched them die Mm. and for a long time i didn't have the emotional wherewithal or the tools to deal with specifically my mother's passing and I didn't even grieve. I, she died when I was 14. I didn't start grieving her death until I was almost 30. Mm-hmm. It was just all, like, bottled up in here and just tight as a knot. And and it was weeds growing, ch- choking out the garden of joy, mm-hmm. you know. And um, God met me in that. But one of the things that I now, 20-plus, she, she's been gone Far longer now than I ever got to live with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that what that season produced in me was uh, a, a deep commitment to prayer because I didn't know what else to do. I had no other weapon. I had no other tool in the bag. Mm. And I wasn't saying the right things. I wasn't praying the right things. I probably didn't have the right motivations. I don't know. I just remember standing on the edge of her hospital bed many times praying. Mm-hmm. I remember holding her hand many times, praying. I remember the night they told us that she was sick, we prayed. And we prayed 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 and we prayed. And we we asked God for healing and we asked God. But what I learned through that suffering was not that the gift was not God giving us what we wanted on our terms. What we were getting through prayer and through the pain and, and through the 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 suffering what we were getting was him mm-hmm. that it was we were forced into a place to where at least it felt like way we were forced into a place where we had to depend on him mm-hmm. and when you can look back over that 20 plus years later you go man that's the greatest gift mm-hmm. is that i now know what it looks like to depend on the lord and know what it looks like that he is near,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't change any of it, mm. you know? I wouldn't change any of it. I, not that I could, but I really – so there, the, I do think the fruit of suffering is that if you get the maturity that Tozer's talking about is that eventually you get down to the place where you go, I got nothing else. I can't feel anything else. I can't think anything else. I can't hurt anywhere else.
0: And yet, He's still here. Mm -hmm. I still have Him. What's crazy about the... And and when I say crazy, I mean like... Mind-blowing on how good God is. Is that eternity, eternity with Him, according to the Scriptures, is so good and so overwhelming that as awful... As the things that you walk through, mm-hmm. they will seem trite, mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy oh. momentary. Wow. Like, I mean, man, so how good is his presence uncut wow. yeah. that light and momentary would, would the suffering seem as compared to being in his yeah. presence, you know? Yeah. And that he's actually using, like, none of the suffering that we go through as believers is meaningless. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. He is he is using it to work together a glory for us that we experience in his presence. I don't even know what that means, mm, but I'm sure, just saying. Sure. Yeah. A part of what he does is goes, I'm crying with you. I'm hurting with you. Lift your eyes up. Fix your eyes on me. I'm telling you. We, uh, man, there's a guy that we led to Christ here a bunch of years ago. He moved here as an atheist, worked at Mayo for a while, got saved here, and... Um, now he lives in, like, Boston or something. And he lost his grandma today. And he texted me, and he was like... Uh, and his grandma had put her faith in Christ. I think I think this guy, like, shared sermons with him, and she surrendered her life to Christ. And he's mm. just saying to me, this is the first time I've ever lost somebody close to me with me being a Jesus follower and them being a Jesus follower. Mm. And he's like, he doesn't even have all the right words. He's not quoting First Corinthians and stuff like I am. And he's just saying... I'm sad, but this is different. Mm. And then I could just remind him, bro, bro, we grieve, Mm -hmm. but not like the world, not like people without hope. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "That's it." And I'm like, "I didn't make that up. That's Mm -hmm. in the Bible." But, but that's it. Like that's that's the that's the banner over the upside down kingdom. Mm -hmm. Like, you you don't serve because it's a better means to an end in your management toolbox. In order for you, that's not what we're talking about Mm -hmm. here, man. We're talking about there's this kingdom. And they use gold like concrete. Mm-hmm. Like it's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's this kingdom, and he wipes away every tear. Mm-hmm. There's this kingdom, and there's a banquet table, and there's room for everybody. We should bring as many people as we can. Mm-hmm. That's the kingdom. And if we would get our eye on that, mm-hmm. then it's different. You still mm-hmm. cry your face off, man. I mean, I didn't meet you dad. I cried when you talking about him. I'm a mess. But, mm-hmm. but, but there's hope, man. Mm-hmm. There's hope. Mm-hmm.
2: Suffering pain in our lives will do one of two things. It will either push you deeper into yourself or it will pull you closer to God. Mm -hmm. Those are your two choices. Mm -hmm. Get deeper and deeper wrapped around the axle of your hurt, your pain, yourself. And in our positions, we have seen both very clearly. For sure. Or it's going to pull you closer to God and I don't mean that from a judgmental standpoint like those things could be happening like mm-hmm. one hour you're pulling you're feeling you're drawing closer to God and the next hour you're like all wrapped around the axle of yourself mm-hmm. you know that said if you're walking through a season of suffering man don't fall down the rabbit hole of you mm-hmm. like do whatever you got to do to draw closer to the father mm-hmm. through the pain that you're walking through and he's he is Yelling at you through that pain and pulling you, <laughs> as C.S. Lewis says, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Like but the so often, like I learned it, I don't want to say it was easier with my dad. I was older, far more mature. But one of the things that we certainly came to a point, my brother and I, my family and I, where it was selfish, it was, a, we were selfishly motivated to want my dad to stay here any longer. Mm. You know, did I want God to heal him? Yes. Was that a selfish motivation? No, I think God would have been greatly glorified, but I think he is greatly glorified either way. And he did heal my dad. Mm. My dad is fully healed. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, man, this ain't about us. This is about the glory of God. And that was a... With that prayer, we started praying, God, would you just help Dad walk in the power of the resurrection Mm. on this side or the next?
0: Either way, we're good. Another thing you did, Britt, in that, just because I was close to it, is you didn't do it alone, man. And one of the enemy's primary tactics, particularly in regards to suffering and pain and why God is isolation. That's true. And it is a tactic. And, uh, you know, I talk about it all the time, right? The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking one to devour. Mm -hmm. He gets that one that is isolated. And this is why community matters so much in regards to suffering, mm-hmm. that we need a band of brothers or sisters around us, man. We need that church family. We can't give up on the gathering of the saints. And you got to build that those relationships before you need the relationships. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a retirement account. If you wait to cash in mm-hmm. when you need it, it's way too late, man. Mm-hmm. And so we had countless conversations, not about, your role here and my role here, but we just countless conversations, just shining light on stuff, praying for your family and your dad, those kinds of things. It's so important mm-hmm. in regards to suffering.
1: Yeah. I think what I heard, part of what I heard you say is that suffering helps you see the right perspective. And you you said that too. Um, that when if, that that's the fight, isn't it? The fight is the fight to see, to see the perspective beyond what we're going through. Because it's a light and momentary affliction. Mm-hmm. The reason why we don't see that as light and momentary is because if you see if, if this is all you see, then all you're thinking about is how bad it is right now, you know. But a comparison changes everything. That's a good comparison, right? Correct, you yeah. talked about the suckers being like so bad, but that's just like, oh man, that's the that's the best comparison to right. make, right? Something yeah.
0: greater to. Yeah, if that Unless little girl I'm had sure. a truckload of suckers out in her car. She would not be she'd, she'd be like, yeah, take what I, you know. Your your suckers are terrible. Now, one of the things I talked about, because we're just talking about suffering in general, because we live in a fallen world. I think a part of what Jesus is talking about is when you sign up to follow Me, you're signing up to suffer, mm-hmm. no doubt. And your ability to suffer is directly related to the kind of influence you can have in the kingdom of God it just is. Mm-hmm. And we're living in a world right now, man. I'm not a doomsday guy. I ain't prepping for the zombies, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. However, you start looking at countries around the world right now mm-hmm. and some political decisions that are being made. And faithful Bible gospel preaching is called hate speech and illegal. And I'm not I'm talking about in westernized countries. This ain't Afghanistan, bro. Mm-hmm. And the the question is just how long until it's here. Mm -hmm. Now, praise God, where we live, I think it will be some of the last bastions of free speech and Mm -hmm. religious freedom and things like that, so I think it'll happen here much later, but I do think these are some of the things Jesus is talking Mm -hmm. about when he says, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Mm -hmm. It hated me. Mm -hmm. Take heart. Mm -hmm. You're going to suffer. You're going to face trials of many kinds. Mm -hmm. There's been a significant shift. All right, I'm older than both of y'all, but, when we all went to college, unless you went to some Christian college, and you showed up, and you're in science class or whatever, and, and you're they're like, do you believe in God? I'm like, yeah, I think he created created it all and spoke it into existence, and they're like, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. But today, you go to the next chapter, and you say, I believe this chapter too. I believe that God created them male and female. are mm-hmm. like, that's hateful. Mm-hmm. That's a major shift in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. A major shift in our lifetime. And will we be willing to pay the price? Because up, I mean, again, man, to be a Christian in America, Mm -hmm. up until very recently, is very popular. Mm -hmm. You know, at least like a church person. There will come a day. I'm telling you, it's already happening. There's some people I know in our church, but there will come a day where where people will say, "Oh, you're a member of that church." Then you can't sit on this board mm-hmm. because of what you're holding to, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to have a message of peace and love, right? But mm-hmm. they're like, no, 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 that's hate. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: What does yeah. that meant for you personally when you say the amount of suffering that you can endure basically will is directly correlated to the amount of influence you can
0: have? I mean, what's that meant for you? Um, It has cost me lots of things, Um, you know, everything from mean articles and mean blogs and picketers to our church, but it also, um, I would have a lot more free time if I would have just stayed a youth pastor, not even just. If God had called me to continue to be a youth pastor of a church of like 200 kids in it, that's a totally different schedule and impact on my family than me and the lead pastor of 1122, and also feeling some responsibility and opportunity to pour into the kingdom. Mm. Like, if my wife wasn't completely on board with God's call in my life, it would be really, really tough. And there's a cost to her, and there's a cost to my kids, man. There just is. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I feel like the most blessed man on the planet. Mm -hmm. There's also a weightiness to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get nervous when I preach or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But Man, I get these emails... And they're like, Pastor Joby, I'm bringing my one more. Make it a good one. (laughs) You're like, all right. I know that person's salvation is not up to me, but there's Mm -hmm. a weightiness to that. Mm -hmm. I look out into our congregation, and we got the best people, man. We got some hurting people too, right? For sure, man. I look out there, and on the third row, there's a guy with cancer. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Oh, and I know that two two rows behind him, there's a couple. They're not lit. They they are married, and they're not living in the same house right now, and they're trying to work it out. Mm -hmm. And you feel those kinds of things. That's what I mean when leadership is your. What is my next step of sacrifice? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I mean, but but by and large, uh, um, I'm living the most blessed life ever. I, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, how how incredible is it that we get to do this? Right of all the seasons in church history, here we are. Yeah. People text us nice things because we do this podcast together, right? Mm-hmm. Five hundred years ago, the church, the church, would have burned us at the stake yeah. for not meeting in a sanct, uh, a, a sanctioned sanctuary uh-huh. and reading an English Bible. Yeah, so we're blessed to be in this time.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate the the weight that you carry for this for the sake of this movement. Amen. Um, I think we're probably about ready to wrap up. Is there anything else we want to address about power before we one thing shut I, it down?
0: Um, just aware of like crazy is there's no way I get to do what I do without guys like you and our whole team, man, mm-hmm. our whole team. And if you ever lose sight of that in whatever position the Lord gives you, watch out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be a major flash on your dashboard of service engine soon. Cause something is way off. Mm-hmm. And so I look at our team, our staff, our deacons, our elders, I look at our serve staff. I'm just telling you, um I I I just ooze with gratitude for the number of people that God has called around all of us, right? Mm-hmm. To do what He has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And so a big part of what this sermon is is about is man, may we never lose sight of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> this text came to mind. I'll just read from Colossians three and then pray to closes. This. And this this really gets at having our our hearts and our minds set on the right things in the kingdom of God. Paul Paul writes, if if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and, and how Jesus modeled for us what it looked like to empty himself and become obedient, even to the point of death on a cross. And um, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you for um, our church, or we are so grateful for the people that you have called together in this movement and for everybody who's uh, listening in, Is got a part of the ministry here uh, through 1122. We're so grateful. And we, we desire to, to be servants in your kingdom, or that we would consider ourselves blessed and grateful to be able to serve uh, in the kingdom of God. So I pray that you'd do your work. Holy Spirit, we invite you to do that work and to change our hearts and to make us uh, willing servants, make us able to submit to your authority, make us able by your grace to suffer and uh, so that we would be able to just taste and see your goodness and uh, do life the way that you've called us to. So we ask for that and uh, that you'd be glorified by all the results, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.